Welcome to the Riabu podcast with Simon Littlewood and me, Mark Laudy. We're the authors of Let the Cash Flow out on Amazon at the moment to help you as a business owner, as a finance manager, maybe even a CFO, ensure that your invoices get paid on time. What you'll read in Let the Cash Flow is the virtuous revenue cycle, customer intimacy, and other concepts like that that'll ensure that you never have to chase customers for payment, let alone send them those dreaded legal letters and make threatening phone calls. It's all about feeling good about yourself and your customer, right, Simon? Yeah, I mean, so much of the time I get asked for help by, by customers or clients who are already chasing customers who should have paid them ages ago. If you're in that situation, you've kind of missed the boat. So I can help you with that. But at the end of the day, we suggest you go right back to the beginning of the relationship. And we'll talk about a few of those concepts in this podcast this morning. Yes. Now, when we talk about relationships, obviously, we're talking about people. But there is an incredible number of uh, service providers, technology providers, software companies out there that'll tell you that you can solve the payments problem with technology. And quite frankly, we don't believe it. No, I mean, technology is great. Don't get us wrong. We love the fact that you can automate aspects of your data collection, of how you record customer data, how you send stuff out, how you receive stuff. But the reality is, bottom line, if you're getting paid late, it's because a human being has made a decision not to pay you. And therefore, it's your relationship with that human being and the processes that support that that need to be your main focus. Now, um, just in the last couple of weeks, accounting software platform Zero uh, surveyed about a thousand small businesses and sole traders uh, across Australia, Zero uh, being a New Zealand headquartered company. And uh, the statistics, I have to say, are very much the same as what we usually see, Simon. We see two thirds of small businesses saying their customers are behind on payments, not surprising. Uh, as a result, the business owner often in one in four cases pays themselves late or pays their their own suppliers late. Uh, and their staff. Or, yeah, I mean, at the mm -hmm. end of the day, if you don't have the money coming in, what are you going to do, yep. right? And, and also on the cost side, it, it costs an incredible amount of time and effort and uh, money in order to actually chase payments for, for customers. Now, clearly, uh, Zero, very popular platform. Lots of people use it for their accounts. More power to use Zero. Um, and quite frankly, more people should be using Xero and QuickBooks and Sage and SAP and all of those other platforms rather than Excel. But that's another conversation. The question, though, is that if you're one of those two in three SMEs in Australia or anywhere that's getting paid late, if you're one of those one in four business people, business owners who pays yourself late because your customers aren't paying Using an accounting software platform is unlikely to solve your problem, Simon. No, it might give you, it, it might make your life sadder because you'll find it much easier to print out reports that tell you that you haven't been paid. But at the end, <laughs> at the end of the day, in fact, three or four varieties possibly. But at the end of the day, it won't affect whether or not you get paid on time. That's about how you build the relationship with your new or existing customer, and about how you then manage that relationship. Tell us a bit more, Simon, because obviously, you know, when you punch in into Zero, QuickBooks, whichever your platform is, MYOB, anybody else I haven't mentioned, uh, Deskera, yeah. there's so many of them now, right? When you punch in the details of the invoice, um, that, that's actually where a lot of the problems already start. Well, yes, but I mean, let's go back a little bit earlier than that, because the reality is when we hear that many 
SMEs and other companies find the invoicing process stressful, it's because very often they only think about invoicing when they've done everything else. So I've managed to get this sale. I've managed to do this job or deliver this product. Oh, now I need to raise an invoice. Well, that's too late. You should be thinking about the invoicing and payment arrangements at the very beginning when you're engaging in the discussion with your client or your prospect on what it is you're going to deal do for them and the the how important it is to get paid and when you expect to get paid should be a fundamental part of that discussion so there is absolutely no ambiguity right from the get-go as to what's expected and at the same time as you have that conversation you need to make sure that you tease out to your point mark which is problems getting paid on time you tease out any special requirements that that customer may have in order to be able to process your invoice. Now, that sounds like common sense, doesn't it? Well, the majority of companies don't have either of those discussions until they've actually come to the moment of sending the invoice out. And they learn, as it were, uh, in retrospect, what they should have put on the invoice and when they should have sent it and how their customer actually thinks about paying on time and all those sorts of things. You need to get that up front. Why? Because if you don't articulate the fact that you take it seriously and you're interested in serving your customer and want to know the details, if you don't articulate that early on, their view is going to be, well, he's good at what he does, but he clearly doesn't care very much about uh, about when, whether or not he gets paid because he hasn't mentioned it. And here's an invoice. And by the way, it's got mistakes in it. Well, he obviously doesn't care. So I'm going to wait for him to call me. And that's where so many companies end up. They're waiting to be called by their customer with explanation of why they haven't paid. Them. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, you know, technology, in a sense, could actually help that. I mean, if, if the, at least if the, the invoice asked the right questions, right, if these accounting software providers asked the right questions so that you didn't forget the date, you didn't forget the purchase order number, you didn't miscalculate the tax that's due on your products and services, that is actually one where one area where technology could play a bit more of a role. No, and, and uh, you know, the reality is that technology often doesn't because it's not written by people that have an intimate understanding of what getting paid on time requires, with all due respect to the writers of technology. Um, and if you were to read our book, Let the Cash Flow, one of the things that we provided is we provided a very specific checklist of the things that you need to ask your customer or prospect before you do any business with them. Things that if you understand them properly will enable you to have a clean transaction and remove any risk that the customer will have a legitimate reason for hanging on to their money. Yes. And even if you do use one of those uh, standards, PEPOL is the latest big thing in Singapore, as well as Europe, right? The automated sending of invoices using a common standard. It might enforce that your invoice has certain fields filled. But at the end of the day, no amount of accounting standards, software standards, e-invoicing and so on is going to force the customer to pay a certain invoice by a certain date. I'm smiling. Um, you probably can't tell that since we don't have a camera. Um, because 30 years ago, as a young invoicing manager in one of England's biggest companies, I pioneered the first invoicing by data exchange, which meant that we recorded all our invoices onto a spool of magnetic tape and sent it by messenger to a very large retailer, the largest retailer in the UK. We were selling into more than 6,000 stores. When was this, 18? When? This would have been mid-1980s, 85, 86, something right. like that. It was early on, yes. 1986, that is so much. Right. Uh, <laughs> I read otherwise in your, in your grin. That's right. um, well, now what I wanted to say was, what did we get back? We got back another magnetic tape listing all the errors in our magnetic tape. 
Oh, really? Yes, of course, because what all they're doing is they're taking the data, transferring it into their own system and matching it up against their purchase transactions. And wherever we make a mistake, be it number or price, it just throws out an error. And that gets recorded and that gets sent back to us. So I'm laughing. The point I'm making is that the automation in and of itself, whilst it meant that we didn't have to write 6,000 paper invoices, didn't make any difference to the fact that when they were wrong, they got bounced. Yep. And that's always going to happen, which is precisely the point we're trying to make here. There's the automation, wonderful though it is, doesn't get you past the basic need to understand your customers' needs, make sure they're met, and make sure that your customer shares your view of what timely payment is. Yeah. Yep. So finally then, when we talk about technology, uh, when we talk about things like blockchain, you know, uh, NFTs, non-fungible tokens, all of that stuff, is there ever going to be a way to automate, to, to use technology? Well, there's some, some quite sinister aspects to this. And again, I think we allude to this in the book, which is that if you have a standard automated medium for recording transactions with your suppliers or your customers, it makes it very good for the taxpayer or for governments whose motives may be altruistic or they may not, because it essentially means that, you, that they can look into any company and see who you're doing business with, what price you're paying for art items and all those sort of, and what your profit margins are and so on and so, so forth. So it's not just software companies that are keen to sell the notion that automation is the answer to everything. There's quite a lot of government interest in this as well, because, I mean, you've seen in America, uh, there's a big fight going on because they've announced that they're allowed to see any transaction in your bank that's $600 or over. Well, how long before they actually have direct access to bank accounts? In many cases, they probably already do. Um, that's not something I would encourage, and it certainly doesn't help you get paid on time. So look carefully at the motives of people who are urging you to automate. And look carefully at the people you do business with. And get everything sorted out early on in the relationship. You can have a nice, friendly conversa conversation with your new customer. You can lay it all out, get the book, look at the checklist, ask the right questions, make sure you send out a clean invoice so that the customer has no opportunity to pay you late. And then, in due course, money will come in. So the podcast is over, but can I just share with you a story from this morning? I just had a customer on the, on, on the call. Uh, Pressing their money on you, obviously. No, no, no. Yeah, well, the thing is that, uh, you know, there, there came a point in the conversation where the, uh, where the client said, is there any, okay, yes, product looks good, service looks good, right? We've talk, talked about the delivery dates and so on and so forth. And is there anything else we need? What's the next step? And, of course, I drink my own Kool-Aid, right? I mean, I practice what we preach in the book. So I said, yes, actually, what we do need is a purchase order. Um, and um, because you're a new customer, we first and we can't just get a purchase order like that. We need to get onboarded in your system first. Uh, by the way, which procurement platform do you use? And, and I've done that many times, of course, but, but I, I'm, I'm always initially careful. What does the customer think when I bring that up. And universally, I've never been surprised negatively once where the customer then says, oh, how dare you ask me about payment terms? In fact, it opens up a whole new conversation, yes. Yes. right? Because she was then able to say, oh, actually, we use this accounting software. It happened to be a yeah. uh, And um, by the way, now that you're touching on that, yeah, we'll get the paperwork out to you. Is this the email address to email? Yes. Okay. We'll email you all the our requirements for the documents that that you have to provide. And by the way, our payment terms are 60 days. People see okay themselves as honest. But if you don't ask, they won't necessarily tell you. Okay? So you need to ask. 
And a word that we've used before, and I often use, is the word modality. There are certain conversations which are much easier to have at, at certain stages in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So the easiest time to have a conversation about, tell me how your invoice proce- how your invoice matching and payment process works. What do I need to put onto my invoice? Who's going to be dealing with it? What are their phone numbers? Those are all conversations that you can have, you know, when you're still flirting in the early part of the relationship, <laughs> you know, when it's friendly. Mm-hmm. But if you don't take care to have those and you just go ahead and you deliver the service and you send the invoice and it's late and they're not paying it, that becomes a much harder conversation to have because yeah. inevitably there's, well, you didn't provide us with this, but you didn't tell me you needed it. Well, you know, you didn't ask. You know, I mean, that, that's not that's not a good conversation to have because whichever way it ends up, you don't sound all that professional. Do you know there's only one company uh, in the UK that when I started asking about purchase orders, and again, I ask in the nicest possible way, right? It's like we've had the conversation about the service delivery. We've talked about dates and, and delivery timelines and so on. And then when, when inevitably it's like, okay, that's great, fabulous. Um, what, what's the next step? There was only one company that didn't come back when I then said, well, um, the only other step I can think of is that we onboard as a vendor and we receive a purchase order from you. And she said, oh, oh, you need a purchase order. Well, yes, or a signed contract. Oh, okay. Um, well, let me just talk to the boss and, we, and we'll come back to you. Never heard from them again. And to be quite frank, I'm actually quite pleased. Can you imagine that if I hadn't asked that question, and she hadn't done a runner. A year later, you'd be still asking for your money. Yeah, I would have delivered the service, and then we never would have gotten paid. You know? So so to some extent, you can really weed out the charlatans and the, the, the tire kickers by asking about onboarding procedures and, and purchase orders. People are generally okay that they're decent people if they don't volunteer information. When asked they do not consider themselves decent people if they deliberately conceal it. So it's down to you to ask the right questions at the right time. And they're not hard questions. Check out the list. Let the cash flow. Go through that list. You'll be one of the ones to be first in line to get paid. Thank you, Simon.